Got it. No problem. Hello. This is another podcast of Glean. I am Bas Blasa, the online editor. In this episode, Els Roland speaks with artist Kabwani Kiwanga on the occasion of a new work she presented at Bozar in Brussels. Bozar invited the French and Canadian artists to create a new work to coincide with the Victor Horta and the Grammar of Art Nouveau exhibition. The resulting piece, titled Rootwork, is a rug with an ornamental floral pattern. Here's Els Roland introducing Kapwani Kiwanga. Known for her immersive and deeply colorful installations that interweave and expose power relations, her research-driven aesthetic vocabulary that she describes as exit strategies, creating micro-openings in time and space, resisting interdisciplinary categorization, being at the same time an historian, futurist, architect and artist, sociologist and cultural psychoanalyst Kapuana Kiwanga received in 2018 the Freeze Artist Award and has shown her work extensively all over the world from Mid Vera List Visual Art Center in Cambridge USA to Art Pace in Texas at the power plant in Toronto. She was seen in group exhibitions in Whitechapel Gallery in London in 2019 and at the Centre Pompidou in Paris, at the Haus der Kunst in München. In 2021, she participated on the invitation of Sandrine Collard at a group show uh, called Congoville at the Middelheim Museum in Antwerp. She participated in the Venice Biennale of 2022, where she made an installation in the exhibition The Milk of Dreams. And she will represent her native country, Canada, in the upcoming Biennale in uh, Venice this summer. Um, Kapana Kiwanga, we are so happy to meet you here uh, at Bozar today for the presentation of Root Work that you made after an invitation by the late Sophie Lowers in 2021 and Claire um, Claire Restif, I'm sorry, director of the Centre d'Art Contemporain d'Evry, Le Cédrac. So, hello. Um, maybe we will, for the audience, briefly try to describe what you made for uh, Bozar. So, um, hello. Uh, so what you see uh, when you when you walk into the council room is um, a low-lying plinth um, of a light color, and on top of that you have a large tapestry, a large carpet, basically, um, with first a, a kind of a palette of colors, which are green, and then you kind of see some white flowers, larger and smaller ones, and also some, I guess, kind of like berries, which are in the corners, which are of dark colors. And all kind of uniting all of those are these kind of sweeping um, serpentining lines, um, which are kind of vines that uh, connect all of the different parts of the of the carpet, which is in a you know a room which is all bathed in a kind of a soft green color. So it looks like a very pleasant object, something also to use maybe, um, but it has a deeper meaning. It comes from somewhere. Can you tell us about that? Mm -hmm. So the um, the motifs that one finds in on the carpet that are really you know the starting point for the whole project. I was looking at some botanic uh, agents or witnesses, I call them. So 
two different plants were chosen um, to look into. So first of all, usually with my work, I should uh, probably explain this, in my work I do a lot of archival research, so looking at histories. And when I was invited to think about um, making something also in relation to the Horta exhibition, um, there was this desire to understand you know, the botanic history and to be in contact with botanical archives. And so with the help of some more experts in the, in the botanic um, uh, archives, we went through and, and made a selection of different plants that had some relationship between the history of what is now Belgium and, and the African continent, in particular the Congo Basin. And so there was a f you know a number of plants that were of interest, but in the end I whittled it down to two, uh, and they're two very different I guess um, histories or or uses or places also in society. But there's two plants in which um, we stopped on. So one is the um, uh, the vine, which uh, more commonly and kind of basically we talk about the rubber um, vine. And another one is a baobab, so this big tree that creates a fruit, but also um, is a lovely, um, I guess for me, symbol and also architectural pillar for communities. Uh, sometimes villages are found around that. I call it kind of like an open agora where government and also just um, tribunals can sometimes happen in, um, in different cultures. And also it's a place of, of uh, shade. Uh, so these two, uh, I guess, different botanic histories um, were used to to inscribe a motif onto the to the carpet. So the baobab stands for the bringing together of people, and then maybe of special interest as a link to the building that we are in, the um, Horta um, uh, Palais des Beaux Arts, um, the rubber um, vines have a link to the Art Nouveau. Um, have you, can you tell us about this uh, connection? Um, was it important for you to, I mean, I, when I think of the invitation that you received, it must have been planned to go together with the Horta uh, Art Nouveau exhibition that's on show now. So was there, um, from the people who invited you, um, was there an idea of having like a side note to the exhibition that was going to happen? Was that kind of, of an instruction also to you or how did that go? Well, it's actually the, the history of the, the project is much uh, deeper than that and longer because the first invitation by Sophie came after she had um, visited an exhibition that I had done at Credac, so with Claire Le Restif. And in that, I was looking at botanics again, but in another kind of territory, more not just, but looking, the starting point was Suriname, and then looking more broadly at how there's, I guess, different themes that are global. Um, and so that was the first kind of starting point of the, the conversation. Then things changed, um, and Sophie you know, passed on to, to another, another place, and the kind of invitation was, uh, was kind of renewed. Um, and the invitation was quite open and it seemed to be quite apt uh, for my project because it looked at things like light, which is often in my work, um, artificial light, but then also sculpting with natural light. 
uh, this, the kind of importance of materials, where materials come from, and all of these. There's a lot of different um, aspects that I could have um, grabbed onto. But for me, one of the first uh, images that comes to mind when things about Art Nouveau is this kind of the meandering serpentine vines or this kind of the, those, those kind of soft um, uh, lines. And, you know, doing some reading, uh, looking at some, some uh, historians, art historians, and thinkers who were interrogating uh, those forms, there was a lot of uh, meat and interest there. So that kind of was one of the starting points to think about um, formally uh, working with, um, with uh, the botanics. But the botanics was already, it's always in my work, not always, but it's, it's a through line in my work as well. So it, it just happened that it kind of came together in this particular um, the space that was available. I think also the the different material I want to work with. I'd not done a, a carpet before, and I thought it'd be interesting in the in the context of Art Nouveau and thinking about the domestic sphere. Of course, there's also the public sphere, the public sculptures, the architecture, but also the domestic sphere to think about using this kind of material or this kind of language, a tr uh, material language. And any uh, kind of excuse to look into botanic archives, I'm always interested in. So it all kind of came together um, in that invitation. But the invitation at the beginning was very open um, because I could have gone in many different directions, actually, with the with the invitation. Like in um, 2023, is like a celebration year for Art Nouveau. And um, so like 100 years ago, uh, Victor Horta built like the first what is considered Art Nouveau house. Um, actually, the legacy of Art Nouveau has always been like uh, some something quite nostalgic, something closed off, something um, where actually reality doesn't really, is not really present. Like in many of the houses of Horta, they are a closed entity with like uh, sometimes described as a Gesamtkunstwerk, where everything is connected through the uh, vines. Um, but uh, actually the, the history or the inspiration for Art Nouveau is never linked to the colonial uh, situation, Bel Belgian Congo. It's something that actually only recently has been publicly addressed in shows and presentations. Um, there was, um, last year, there was at SIVA was an exhibition, Congo style, where different artists also um, expressed the links between Art Nouveau and the colonial exploitation of people and um, resources, uh, environment for resources, as resources. Um, and. Um, um so this is um um this context is now very um is is present in the exhibition uh, upstairs um and it's also present in your work um how important for you is it to help or is it important to you to help rewrite history or requalify some aspects of history or see them in a different from a different angle yeah I think it's um, just a curiosity to always be 
critically looking at where we are now, how we got there. And as you said, we might have some aesthetic or cultural um, forms that we revere or that are honored. Um, and why is that? Not just for aesthetic reasons, but where did it come from? Um, so as you, as you mentioned, the raw materials that made certain things possible, uh, objects um, that become you know, um, important in a cultural history. But in my work in general, there's uh, always an interest in looking at the architecture of social structures, of societies, um, of cities, um, laws, all of these different things, thinking of why do we, or how do we make certain things to allow for certain asymmetries or imbalances in power that we're still experiencing today. So the context you know, of Art Nouveau is one, I think, prism to look through that, but it's all around us, uh, the streets we walk on, um, you know, what we eat uh, on our plates, all of this is linked to, to histories that we need to always examine. So I think it's more this question of uh, continually being critical or curious, both, um, of what we've created and why. What do we value? Um, why some things more than others? So the context, <coughs> which I also think is very important for me to say, is that um, I have no direct link to the Congo. Um, I've never even been. Uh, and so the particular link between Congo and the Belgian context is something that is removed, but is also um, emblemic or sy systematic, I would say, that can be extrapolated to think about relationships more general ar around extraction, um, around asymmetries. So looking at the history of the kind of the, um, I'd say the voyage of different plants from one place to another, either the plants themselves or their raw material, is one way of just looking at those relationships, which in this particular place, because this is where I was invited and this is what I often do when I'm invited to a place is I think about the history of where I'm invited to. But it's something that is much bigger. It's more how we relate as humans to one another and why we make, uh, I guess, differences between, um, I guess, what materials can be taken and in what ways, um, what is more valuable? Uh, is it a raw material or is it um, ecological, um, I guess, um, balance or social uh, good? I mean, all these questions are, are large questions that I think could be asked in any situation. The fact that what is formally produced here is looking at a particular form, in this case, the, the kind of serpentine vine, the particular floral patterns, is a particular way of translating a more general uh, question into a specific language, maybe a local language, let's say, although we can say Art Nouveau is maybe uh, larger than just a, a specific language. Uh, sorry, a local language, but this is the kind of why I think the um, kind of domestic um, carpet was, was thought about, why these colors were used, why those kind of just the language, to kind of think about the language and say, okay, maybe we should re-examine, look differently each time at the things that surround us and we take for granted. It's a way I think that also <coughs> we call into question asymmetries of power, but also violences that become normalized, uh, less impactful because they are domestic as well. 
They're part of our everyday. They become so familiar that we accept them, uh, that we reproduce them, that we sometimes even value and honor them. So by looking at them anew, saying, ah, maybe in fact this is something that we should be rethinking. So that is kind of the, the continual questions that I have in my, my process generally, or just being a human being in the world, not just my artistic practice, but being in the world. So um, um, the work is not static at all, this one. How we were briefly walking through the room and you were talking or dreaming about activating it. Um, could you maybe tell us a bit how you, in general, also in your work, work with performance or how do you see activation of such a work? Mm -hmm. So there's many ways I think that um, with this particular work it could be activated, but I think one of the through lines in, in the work that I make is thinking about the body as experiencing, having multiple experiences. So how one body moves through, or a choreography through a space. In this case it's quite cyclical, I suppose. One walks around the, the tapis, around the carpet. But I hope that there's always different perspectives. Um, what first, when things might be a symmetry uh, in the um, in the proposition, is in fact asymmetrical, um, but very slightly so. So there's questions like small perceptual uh, changes that if you spend time with, if you slow down, if you pay attention, you'll see. And it's this whole thing I think of also paying attention to all of these structures which are around us that we take for granted, that you know these. Um, forms that we find are beautiful, but might also be speaking of a violence that is made uh, acceptable. Um, all of these uh, kind of questions are really just through multiplicity of perspectives, which is always moving too. Those perspectives are moving so that one is continually questioning uh, in a generative way, I hope, in a critical uh, way. Um, I'm wondering uh, for your research, um, you are really a researcher. It seems like um, from from the other uh, from the different works I've already seen, and I wonder for this work uh, specifically, um, your research went into uh, plant study, and how how um, how deep or how did you uh, study the um, um, like the other aspect of the work, um, like the art nouveau? How how deep into that? Did you go? Did you did you go to Tervuren Museum, for instance? Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> A long time ago, before yeah. it was redone. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. Not recently. Yeah. 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 No. No. Not when it. No. Was not new. since it's reopened. Ah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But a long, long time ago. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, um, how do you approach such a such a work? Mm. So I think there's um, first of all intuition, kind of a feeling that we all have, uh, which is specific to each person. I think uh, that you go towards certain things. Um, and then uh, Anne Flas, who's um, was accompanied the project quite a bit, was aware of my interest in, in um, you know, understanding some of the d debates around, um, around Art Nouveau. And so um, we spoke about some different interests that I had and she sent some articles. So I read through some different things. And then I was really, you know, I was looking at ivory and all these different things. And I said, oh, no, that wasn't really resonating with what I was interested in. And there was this, um, I think the, the woman's name was Silverman, mm -hmm. who uh, kind of was doing some 
and it's like it's an interpretive but i think it's 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 also deep uh collective consciousness this idea of the the um, the vines also emulating and being uh similar to but how oh, sorry having two i guess two separate um forms one being the the serpentine the kind of the winding vine but then also this uh, image of the whip, which is also incorporated into that and how that becomes kind of a normalized um, form, somewhat hidden, but then also understood, but with time, I think, becomes somewhat uh, softened. Uh, at first, it was very uh, clear, the connection with the whiplash, and then it disappeared and it was even hidden. Mm -hmm. So now it comes back forward that mm -hmm. this is actually something so visually linked to mm -hmm. exploitation. Mm -hmm. But I think it's something that um, what I l what I like about and what I was trying to do in the the project root work was really have um, an ambiguity, but not an ambiguity because we don't want to deal with difficult issues. An ambiguity because it allows one to decide to position themselves continually, to change, to rethink, um, to readjust how one wants to be in the world and with one another. And so one could think about you know, just recognizing the, that very violent image or, or, or um, reference. But then it could also just think about the, the vine as a living being that also um, links desperate plants and um, trees together, something that unifies separate things. So it's as the baobab, it, it could also be a social unifier and something that also in its context when it's not exploited, um, is an integral part of an ecosystem. So that ambiguity, I I find joyful in, in the fact that it's also an opportunity for one to decide how they want to look and how they want to eventually act in their own lives if they decide to, but how one wants to read a story, to acknowledge the violences. Do we reproduce those? We don't ignore them, but we could also decide to frame things in a different way from a different perspective in which it becomes more of a unifying um, form. So it could change as well without erasing. Um, and there has to be a space to honor all of these um, difficult things as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I like the optimism in this work. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, um, it's hopeful in a way. Um, I also wondered um, who actually made the, the carpet? So it was made by a company in, um, in Italy. Um, I work with some, some people I worked with for a few years who are close to me and help me in different projects. Uh, and when I kind of decided I would like to work with um, a carpet, they had seen um, this company before and we got into contact and they were able to understand very quickly the, the, the amount of detail and really to advise us on how um, I wanted to approach kind of um, depth and volume um, in something, and yeah, so it was uh, that that company that we worked. It's it's wool or it's uh it's a mix. There's wool, cotton, um, and a kind of a more of a um, synthetic uh, um, a material called tencel. Mm -hmm. Was the material important to you, or I was happy that there was wool. Um, the material could have been many things. I didn't want it to be too synthetic, um, but there's a little bit of that in there. Um, a mix. Of uh, of wool and a more synthetic um, uh, fabric. So yes, I mean, ideally we would have uh, completely recycled <laughs> uh, materials, but that's not uh, exactly what happened. 
Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of references that in my personal uh, pilgrimage <laughs> I uh, encountered lately that referred to the same um, rethinking of uh, the way we love our gardens and our plants, um, which is, I think, really interesting. And um, I read a few days ago, um, maybe you know her, Olivia Lane, uh, she's a, a British author and she's she's having out a new book, The Garden Against Time, where she describes um, the beautiful English landscape, landscape gardens and where she also uh, thinks, uh, writes about what actually um, made those possible. Mm -hmm. And um, and so there I found um, the absence of the black person in the history of this beautiful elitist mm -hmm. uh, places, mm -hmm. styles, culture, mm -hmm. like the Art Nouveau also here in Belgium, like there is the absence of the black body uh, totally. And um, I was visiting a show that opened a few months ago uh, in the museum in Stockholm on gardens. Um, and I, I was wondering, like, like, like I was wondering here, so um, we immediately went up and see the exhibition and I was wondering how, how in contemporary art shows um, the progress is made and dealt with the presence of black bodies in our hour between records uh, cultural history and it is still very um, quite it is there but still kind of in invisible still in a way but but in my work what's um, I think important to say is that there's very rarely any bodies that are that are there at all uh, and very rarely is it is my work figurative um, so this is maybe one of the rare ones where it is kind of figurative um, so the question of the body or any body for, m for me is, is, a, is a complex one. So I could say that, uh, that in my practice it's something that I don't necessarily um, work with. Um, so yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but also in, um, in the categorization, mm -hmm. um, like the words like uh, post-colonial, for instance, um, I see, um, and as Samir pointed out to me, it's also not present in the in the press release, um, is uh, a notion like post-colonial for you to fix of a linear history that should mm -hmm. maybe? Yes, I think it's something that is maybe it's too closed. Uh, I think um, something. I think I'm trying to, as I say, propose new ways of thinking and um, of seeing. Um, and there's, I think, something very important about thinking about post-colonial in terms of a particular moment of literature uh, coming from the Indian subcontinent, if I understand that correctly, and how that has then become something different in the contemporary art world. Um, those are all important things, um, but that's not where I want to position, you know, when I'm thinking about exit strategies, I'm thinking about to continually to rethink, to free ourselves up, to, um, to think about the violences and the power dynamics, the asymmetries, all of those those questions, and I think it's very important for for other people to to work in those spaces. But I'd like something a bit more expansive for me, um, and it might be something that's too temporal, perhaps as well, um, in some minds. So it doesn't mean that it it if we have time to speak uh, and really get into something, I think we could really use those terms. But I think they're used in very um, superficial ways, 
and that's a shame because it uh, it allows us to be lazy with doing the work of looking and thinking and re-examining not the work of those who are really working in those spaces and writing and and thinking really hard about these very difficult things uh, but in a general conversation i think that it's sometimes a bit um Sim simplified. Okay, I understand that. So, um, maybe I can ask as a as a final question. So you're invited for um, uh, the Venice Biennale. Mm -hmm. uh, I suppose you're already on it. <laughs> Not as far ahead <laughs> as I would like <laughs> to be, but yes. <laughs> can you give us uh, something? Oh, I can't say anything. Okay. I'm not allowed, or they'll kick me out. Yeah. No, no, I've, I, I can't say anything. You have to sign these things and you will not tell anybody about anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the same with um, the, the group exhibition, too. We couldn't say anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No it's very... Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it, I can't say anything. Mm. Quite looking forward to see you there at the yes. opening. Yes. In uh, sunny Venice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you. This was Kabwani Kiwanga talking to El Suland. Colleen is a contemporary art magazine based in Brussels. To find out more, visit our website, colleen.art. <laughs>